0: Welcome to High Country, politics in the American West. My name is Sean Diller. Regular listeners might know me from Heartland Pods talking politics every Monday. Support this show and all the work in the Heartland Pod universe by going to heartlandpod.com and clicking the link for Patreon or go to patreon.com slash heartlandpod to sign up. Membership starts at $1 a month. No matter the level you choose, your membership helps us create these independent shows as we work together to change the conversation. All right, let's get into it. Colorado decriminalized psilocybin. Here's your guided trip through what happens next. Four moms gather around a Saturday morning breakfast table exchanging the obsessive anxieties that come from raising teenagers in today's society. They share the usual concerns. Does their daughter have enough friends? Is their son being bullied at school? Are their child's frequent dark moods typical teenage emotions? Or does their angst cross over into depression? As they talk, it becomes clear that the constant stress of worry for their teens is spiraling them down into anxiety and depressive disorders of their own. Right down to steaming mugs of coffee and plates of avocado toast, The scene is quintessential suburban life in the early 2020s. But this meeting of the moms will likely produce more answers, more insight, and more empathy than most. Because the night before, these moms consumed some natural medicine known for helping to see things in a new light, bringing clarity to stubborn, problematic patterns. These women, along with thousands of others across Colorado, have found psilocybin, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms, useful in bringing relief from the anxiety and depression so prevalent in today's society. Now, after Colorado voters approved Proposition 122 in November, they no longer have to risk state criminal penalties for their use of this indigenous medicine. The dramatic efficiency of mushrooms to ease mental health disorders that haven't been helped by traditional medicines and therapies isn't just anecdotal. Recent studies from respected institutions like Johns Hopkins School of Medicine have shown psilocybin is helpful in treating everything from alcohol dependence to major depressive disorder. However, those experienced with this medicine suggest that it be approached with intention, reverence, and most importantly, understanding. Under Proposition 122, the Natural Medicine Health Act, Coloradans 21 and older are allowed to possess and use psilocybin, the psychedelic fungi commonly known as magic mushrooms. In addition, it proposes the eventual decriminalization of the substances dimethyltryptamine, or DMT, ibogaine, and mescaline, excluding peyote. The law allows the state to immediately begin the process of the medicalization of psilocybin mushrooms by creating a framework for state-regulated healing centers where people can receive medically guided psilocybin treatments. Although decriminalized in Colorado, psilocybin and the other medicines named in the health act remain illegal under federal law. Kevin Matthews, one of the authors of Proposition 122, said the measure is therapeutically oriented, so recreational and retail sales are not allowed. You can share these medicines with family and friends or in religious uses, but we didn't want this to become a for-profit industry." A military veteran, Matthews found relief from depression during a single psilocybin journey in 2011 and has since worked for increased access to psychedelics for the treatment of trauma. While at a legalization rally, he saw a t-shirt slogan that summed up the idea behind the Natural Medicine Health Act in three words, healers, not dealers. We know that people will still use these medicines recreationally as they were before this past. It's not always a clear distinction. For some people, taking mushrooms with friends and going to see a show at Red Rocks is therapeutic. The proposition laid out the problem it was hoping to alleviate, reading in part, Coloradans are experiencing problematic mental health issues, including but not limited to suicidality, addiction, depression, and anxiety. Colorado's current approach to mental health has failed to fulfill its promise. Coloradans deserve more tools to address mental health issues, including approaches such as natural medicines that are grounded in treatment, recovery, health, and wellness, rather than criminalization, stigma, suffering, and punishment. In November, 53% of Colorado voters agreed with that wording. Denver attorney Sean McAllister's phone started ringing as soon as the votes were counted and hasn't really stopped since. Primarily working with those in the cannabis industry since the sale and recreational use of weed was legalized in 2012 in Colorado, McAllister is now a pioneer in the emerging field of psychedelics law. One of the most frequent questions he's asked by those outside the psychedelic community is, when will mushrooms become legal? His answer, they already have. People can cultivate, possess, and give away mushrooms, as well as share them and be paid for bona fide harm reduction therapy and support services. In an interesting twist, we're about two years away from the regulations being in place for doctors and therapists to be able to offer this medicine to their patients. In the meantime, a movement of mushroom guides who have worked underground for years or even decades is starting to push into the daylight. In the first three months following passage of Proposition 122, McAllister wrote up more than a hundred disclaimers for guides to use with their clients. Alexandra Jenkins believes so deeply in the medicine's powers to. Process and release trauma that she was willing to put herself at risk of prosecution to guide medicine ceremonies underground for the past eight years. Now, before the ceremony she holds with one or two other facilitators, she passes out a waiver that spells out what can happen when sitting with the medicine. The waiver explains that the effects of psilocybin mushrooms include altered perception of time and space and intense changes in mood and feeling. Other possible effects of psilocybin include everything from euphoria and peacefulness to confusion and frightening hallucinations. The effects of psilocybin vary from person to person based on the user's mental state, personality, and immediate environment. Those who spent time with the medicine will tell you it's all these emotions and so many more, a roller coaster of a voyage through time and space that can fit what feels like a lifetime into four to six hours. She's seen the medicine ground previously malfunctioning nervous system, help people connect to their higher selves, and in doing so feel more compassion toward themselves and others and tap into creativity and the interconnectedness of life. There's this plant that grows in the ground, is free, and helps us see ourselves and others differently, Jenkins said. It's cool to be able to believe in miracles. In addition to decriminalizing the four natural medicines, for mushrooms, the new law is retroactive. McAllister had several pending cases that were dismissed as soon as Proposition 122 passed. Among them was the case of Ben Gorlick, a Denver rabbi who was facing prosecution after integrating psychedelic use as part of spiritual practice. The dismissal of that case was especially meaningful because it highlighted the ways this medicine is used, McAllister said. A representative of traditional and Indian... A representative of traditional and indigenous use and religious use of natural medicine was one of 15 appointees to the Natural Medicine Advisory Board announced earlier this year. The board, which will advise the Department of Regulatory Agencies on the implementation of the Regulated Natural Medicine Access Program, also includes representatives from law enforcement, veterans, criminal justice reform, mycology, emergency medical services, healthcare policy, natural medicine, and mental health providers. Proposition 122 says the state must issue rules for things like drug testing standards, license requirements, and health and safety warnings by January 1st, 2024, and the state must begin accepting applications for licensed facilities to administer psilocybin by September 30, 2024. The law stipulates that decisions be made on all licensing applications within 60 days of receiving them. After June 1st, 2026, the board can decide on the medicalization of the additional substances, DMT, Ibogaine, and Mescaline. This may include healing centers like the ones being established for psilocybin or some similar system with medical oversight for the use of these three substances. For years, psychiatrist Craig Hickok has had patients come through his office he knew could benefit from psilocybin, but he was unable to recommend it because it was illegal. I'm most excited about the use of psilocybin in the treatment of obsessive compulsive disorder, he said. There's been cases of people having remission from OCD for weeks or even months following a single dose of psilocybin. OCD is one of many anxiety disorders that can develop in response to trauma. It's a coping mechanism your mind develops to try to control the possibility of something traumatic happening to you again. The amount of research on psilocybin has been limited by its legal status, leaving practitioners like Hickok eager to explore its possibilities. He said psilocybin has a rich and broad palette. It connects us with self in a way that can alleviate anxiety, depression, and a lack of love. With the pandemic, we have a whole group of people who are left demoralized and spiritually wounded, he said. Psilocybin can help with the big things, like alleviating existential despair. Although there isn't a strict definition, those in the natural medicine community consider a transformative dose of mushrooms, one in which emotional breakthroughs are likely to occur, to be 3 grams or more. By disconnecting parts of the brain that form what we call our ego, psilocybin allows you to step back and look at your patterns from a different perspective. It puts you in the audience to watch your life play out on the stage and then whispers in your ear that you could do things a different way. It allows you to not only rethink who you are, but also who you want to be. Jenkins has seen people shed deep-seated trauma through use of the medicine. People might have something they've been holding for so long they may not even know it's there she said the medicine shows them that pain and then helps them process it so they can begin to let it go there's a lot of strength strength to change that comes with the love and self-acceptance of this medicine so what's it like the come up of a psilocybin trip takes about 15 minutes slowly clicking you up that first big hill of a roller coaster When the cable lets you go, the plunge down is a little different for everybody. Some people hold on for dear life, regretting their choice to get on the ride in the first place. Others put their hands up in the air and enjoy the ride. Some people alternate between the two. Some people processing trauma find it so hard to shift things and let go with traditional therapy and prescriptions. With psychedelics, some people have direct access to knowing they are loved and are able to finally let go of their past trauma. (sighs) While a single-dose psilocybin journey can have profound, lasting effects, many people are beginning to take mushrooms as a daily medication. And a lot of those people, at least anecdotally, are moms. People are discovering microdosing to be a good alternative to the pharmaceutical approach that's so prevalent in our culture, Jenkins said. It gives your serotonin a bit of a boost and puts you more in tune with yourself. It can really help people with anxiety without a lot of side effects. Microdosing mushrooms involves taking such small amounts of the medicine, roughly 0.05 to 0.25 grams, that a person doesn't feel the effects outright. People can take a microdose every day or work in days off to integrate the insights gained on days they do take the medicine. When I've had a microdose, I feel so much more confident in the choices I'm making for my family, said one mom over a post-trip avocado toast. It's like the mushrooms are a little cheerleader in my head telling me I'm doing a great job. We're leaving the mom's names out, by the way. Another mom had been on prescription antidepressants for a little more than a decade before recently switching to microdosing psilocybin to rein in the ruminating, spiraling, obsessive thoughts she's contended with throughout her life. She wanted to find a more natural way to access what her brain needs. It was rough going off antidepressants, she recalled. I was dizzy nauseous, I felt trapped and was really 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 depressed. Then I started microdosing and it was like my whole brain lit up again. Those who work with psychedelics caution they aren't an instant cure but rather one resource that has been helpful to many in their healing. Psilocybin's a reminder that we hold the answers inside of ourselves. It gets the BS out of the way so you can see your true self and your true potential for happiness. Support this show and all of the work in the Heartland Pod universe by going to heartlandpod.com and clicking the Patreon link to sign up. Membership starts at $1 per month and goes up from there with extra shows and special access at the higher levels. Heartlandpod.com, click the Patreon link, or just go to Patreon and search for the Heartland Pod. No matter the level you choose, your membership helps us create these independent shows as we work together to change the conversation. And now back to the show and continuing with wellness and mental health a new family therapy program in colorado will meet you wherever you are even if that's costco an in-home mental health program for kids that began in january has served 200 people in 20 colorado counties and has plans to expand a 15 year old boy is sitting cross-legged on his couch in red flannel pajama pants with his hair looking like he just rolled out of bed because he did just get out of bed about three minutes ago now, he's sitting across from his therapist, who had to knock on the door for several minutes before the teenager's mom answered via a ring doorbell from the grocery store. It's open, she told Bobby Tymon, a family therapist and clinical program coordinator with Paragon Behavioral Health Connections. It's not the first time Tyman has had to rouse the boy from sleep for his 10 a.m. therapy appointment. This is what in-home mental health treatment for adolescents looks like. The teenager, who recently stole and crashed his mother's car and has been using drugs to cope with depression, is groggy and shy but tells Tymon that he applied for three summer jobs and is choosing a new high school for the fall. The new in-home therapy program, which has served 200 kids and their parents since it began in January, is an extension of the Colorado Boys Ranch. The ranch opened in 1959 as an orphanage in La Junta, then closed its residential program about a decade ago. But its foundation, Colorado Boys Ranch Youth Connect, has continued, pouring its resources into behavioral health care for kids in their homes. The evolution of the program is a reflection of what's changed in the child welfare system in the past decade. Colorado is sending fewer kids to institutions in favor of homes and has increased efforts to provide in-home mental health care to cut down on the number of children removed from their homes and placed in foster care in the first place. Several youth treatment centers, including Tennyson Center for Children in Denver, have shifted in recent years from residential care to day treatment and in-home therapy. Some of the children are referred by the juvenile justice system as part of pretrial rehabilitation programs and by the Medicaid program. Parents can also call for help directly without a referral from a government program. A staff of 40 works across 20 counties, including the entire Denver metro area and throughout the entire state. Camille Harding, Paragon CEO, says the point is to help kids and teens get better on their terms, as well as to provide a step-down program for adolescents who visited a hospital emergency room in crisis or been admitted on a mental health hold. The program aims to schedule the first appointment within 24 hours of receiving a call for help. Kids who are trying to have their own personality and a say in who they are can accomplish that better at home, not in an unfamiliar office with a therapist staring at them, she said. Having it on their terms is so much more empowering. You get to decide what we do. We can go for a walk. We can go to the park down the street. Developmentally, it just makes more sense. Some kids in the program have such intense needs that someone from Paragon is in their home 10 hours a week. A therapist helps work on their mental health. A care manager can help enroll in school, sign up for a GED program, or help the family find housing or food assistance. A specialist can teach interventions specifically for kids who have intellectual disabilities along with behavioral health issues. The team approach means kids get better help and staff are less likely to burn out. The program's technology is unique, too. Paragon is installing geo-locations on its staff, many of whom are social workers or case managers with bachelor's degrees, and can send reinforcements quickly. That means that if a teenager is threatening suicide or having a violent outburst, a more experienced counselor can assist in person or virtually. A $1.7 million grant, part of Colorado's federal pandemic relief aid, is helping the program build the technology and hire a psychiatrist. Bobby Tymon prefers standing on a client's doorstep to sitting in an office waiting for a client who doesn't show up. He's done therapy on the floor next to someone's bed because the person was too depressed to get up. One mom is so overwhelmed by her life that the only time she finds for therapy is when she's at the park with her kids or walking through Costco. Tymon tells her she can say he's a neighbor or a friend if they run into someone she knows. He says it's okay if we start 15 minutes late because you had to get up and make coffee and put on clothes or whatever it is you had to do. If your mental capacity isn't super high and you're not functioning well and you're not getting out of bed on time and you're not able to manage your appointments, you're never going to make it to therapy. But therapy is a critical step in solving these problems. And now that the Denver local elections are over, let's get into 2024. Our first look at the race to replace Democratic Representative Leslie Harrod in House District 8. Wante Anderson, vice president of the Denver Public Schools Board of Education, announced he'll end his run for re-election to instead go for the seat in the Colorado Legislature. As of Monday, five candidates have filed with the Secretary of State's office looking to take the District 8 seat, including Anderson, Victor Bencomo, Christy DeVoe, Lindsey Gilchrist, and Sharon Pettiford. All candidates are Democrats. Anderson told Colorado Newsline his decision was influenced by the recent shootings at East High School in Denver when a student asked Anderson what he was going to do about gun reform. We need Democrats that are going to be Democrats 24-7, not Democrats when it's convenient, Anderson said. I feel like we've had some very convenient Democrats in the legislature when it comes to these heavy issues like rent control or our assault weapons ban that was killed by Democrats. So for me, this was an opportunity to stand up and say, I'm going to run. As he wraps up his time on the Denver school board, Anderson touted newly enacted board policies that make dyslexia screenings accessible for DPS students as well as a 90% reduction in tickets and citations for students in the district. Anderson said we can't regress into an era where we're going back to criminalizing black and brown children. If elected the Colorado House, Anderson said he'd prioritize four areas in his first legislative session. Banning assault weapons, enshrining access to reproductive health care in the state constitution, expanding protections for LGBTQ students, and increasing the state's minimum wage. And your unsolicited concert pick of the week, Rebirth Brass Band, a New Orleans institution since 1983. Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers says, Unbelievable, hard as hell, free as a ray of light. There is not a band on earth. That is better. Stunning. Stunning and hardworking too, with Colorado shows tonight and the following four nights. Cleveland Park and Delta, Ophelia's Electric Soapbox in Denver, Stoke and Salida, Gardens on Spring Creek and Fort Collins, and finally the Durant Street VIP Tent in Aspen before heading back home to New Orleans. Well, that's it for me. From Denver, I'm Sean Diller. Original reporting for stories in today's show come from the Colorado Sun, Colorado Newsline, and Denver's Westward. Thank you for listening. See you next time.